Well, good evening, everybody. Good evening. It is Psalm 119, where my Bible is opened up. The longest chapter in the Bible. I'll encourage you to be finding Psalm 119 in your Bible. So we get ready to study in the Word of God together. So very glad that you are here this evening. It has been just a beautiful, beautiful day that the Lord has given us. And I trust that you have used this day to His glory. And I hope as well that you've been encouraged and edified by the the spiritual things that we've been involved in today. And that includes even right now what we're fixing to do for these next few minutes in the study of God's Word. Let's get right to it in Psalm 119. Read with me in verse number 11. Psalm 119 and in verse 11 the psalmist says... I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Stored up your word in my heart. Do you remember when you were a kid doing uh, memory verses in Bible class? I know that I sure do. It wasn't that long that I was a little whippersnapper in Bible class myself. We get those quarterly lesson books at the beginning of the quarter, and of course, right there at the top of the page, right under the title of the lesson, there'd be a there'd be a verse that the teacher would expect you to to learn and to memorize, and then the next week you'd have to recite that verse from memory in class. I, I never liked doing the memory verse thing; that just really wasn't my strong suit. That always seemed to me like kind of an exercise for for little kids, which is why I was really really excited when I graduated up to the high school class. Because in the high school class Bible uh, lesson books, there were no memory verses. Love that. Don't have to worry about memory verses now that we're in high school. That is, that is until my dad became the teacher of our high school class. I remember on the very first Sunday morning, as him as our Bible class teacher, I remember he walked in the room and before he ever even got into the lesson at all, the very first thing that he did was have us get out a pen and at the top of every single lesson he had us write in a Bible verse that he wanted us to memorize week after week after week. I remember when we got done writing in all those verses, I could just feel the eyes of all the other kids in class looking at me like, thanks a lot, Josh. Your dad making us do Bible memory verses. And he most certainly did. Every single Sunday, he'd go right down the row of humiliated, embarrassed high school students making us do those memory verses whether we like doing them or not. And I'll be honest with you, don't tell my dad this, but we were pretty happy when he got rotated out of there and the next teacher came in. No more of that memory verse stuff because we all know memory verses... Eh, that's just for little kids. Yet if you look again at our text in Psalm 119 verse 11, what part of that verse says that, you know, that's just something for small children only? The psalmist seems to believe that Scripture memorization, storing up God's Word in our heart, other translations say hiding it deeply in our heart, that that is the value To everybody who is seeking after God's will. Everybody, yes, young children, but that's also a valuable thing for grown-ups, for adults. In fact, what I want to talk with you about this evening are even some older adults doing some memory verse kinds of things. I want to talk about grandparents doing that memory verse stuff. Now, don't panic. I'm not going to go down the road like my dad would do and humiliate anybody and tell you you got to do a memory verse right now in front of everybody. I know some of you are probably breathing a sigh of relief from that now. But I do want to say this evening 
that memorizing God's Word, committing Scripture deeply into our hearts, that is something that all of us can benefit from. And I'm saying this evening, that's something that grandmas and granddads can benefit from. This year, our preaching emphasis has been on parenting, parenting God's way. And tonight is really kind of a bonus session in that series because I do want to talk for just a few minutes about the important role that grandparents play in the raising, particularly the spiritual upbringing of children. While it is certainly no doubt about the fact that the responsibility of raising children primarily rests with mothers and fathers, there's no doubt about that, the Bible still recognizes that grandparents can play an important role in that process as well. And as I look across this audience tonight, I see a lot of grandparents. We've even got some great-grandparents in attendance. And you know what? I know how much you love your grandchildren. And more importantly than that, the Lord knows how much you love your grandchildren. Which is why He has left some very valuable words in the pages of Scripture that you need to memorize, that you need to store up into your heart. And this evening I want to direct your attention to just three of those verses. Three verses that I believe every grandparent would do well to devote the time and the energy necessary to memorize these verses. And more than just rote memorization of being able to recite those words from memory, these are passages, grandparents, that you need to understand that you need to grasp the concepts of, things that you want to make application of as you think about your relationship with your grandkids. I'd actually like to be somewhat brief this evening. Seems Seems like I really ought to reward all the folks who didn't go away on fall break. And so that's what I intend to do this evening for just these few minutes together. Let's see if we can work along in these three verses that grandparents need to remember. And the first of those is found in Deuteronomy chapter 4. In fact, all three of the passages I want to talk about tonight will be taken from the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, as Moses is addressing the Israelites, he gives them this charge in verse 9. In Deuteronomy 4 and in verse 9, Moses says, "...only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. Focus right there on the end of that verse. Moses says, make the things of God, make those things known, first of all, to your kids, but more so, make those things known to your grandkids. Grandparents, I want to say to you this evening, that your role, your function in your grandchildren's life It needs to be more than just being a babysitter. It needs to be more than just being a playmate to them. It needs to be more than being the gray-headed folks who spoil grandkids from time to time. What I'm saying to you this evening, what Deuteronomy 4 is saying, is that you need to be involved in the spiritual development of your grandchildren. Moses saw that as being something that grandparents can do and should do. 
That means that you need to be finding opportunities where you can talk with your grandkids about spiritual things. Talk to them about the Lord. You need to be finding opportunities where you can be praying with your grandkids. Opportunities where you can actually sit down and teach them things from the Bible. Read them things from the Bible. You want to be finding opportunities to help hopefully supplement what mom and dad are already doing in bringing the children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You can help share, you can be a partner in the spiritual development of these precious young souls. And that is a valuable, valuable contribution that grandparents can make. And I want to urge you this evening not to decide that, well, you can't do that because you don't see your grandkids all that often or because you don't live close to them, they maybe live very, very far away. I realize that many of you, you are privileged to have your grandkids very close to you geographically. You get to see them maybe every Sunday and Wednesday and hopefully at other times during the week. I hope you recognize what a wonderful blessing that is. But of course, not everybody has that privilege. And so what I'm saying to those of you grandparents that maybe don't have that privilege of grandkids being close to you all the time, what I want you to realize is that you can still do Deuteronomy 4 verse 9. I did not grow up close geographically to either of my sets of grandparents. But my grandmother on my mom's side, she regularly would mail letters and mail cards with words of encouragement. She'd send cards and notes with Bible quotations and scripture and incorporate that into her own words and sharing things with me. She would often send me bulletin articles and she maybe would write there at the bottom of it, hey, take a look at this article, maybe you can make a lesson out of it. Or maybe she'd send an article and she'd write in the margin next to a particular point, hey, I don't know that I agree with what this author said. What do you think? You know, long before I had ever made the decision to preach the gospel, my grandmother treated me as if I was a preacher. And I wonder if maybe she saw some things in me that I didn't even see myself yet. She loved to talk about the Bible. When my grandparents got older, they did move close to us. They were just a mile down the road from us. And I did get to spend those last couple of years with them. And we spent many of those uh, hours and days together talking about the Bible. She loved to do that. She loved to visit about the Bible. We'd spend many hours around the kitchen table just discussing the things that we studied in Bible class that Wednesday night, talking about the sermons that were preached on Sunday. She was just constantly stirring up and provoking an interest in spiritual things in my life. And for that, I am very, very eternally thankful. And I do believe that she played a large role in the development and who and what I am even today. What I'm saying to you, grandparents, is that you can do that too. You can do that. In fact, think about it with today's technology, with email and text messaging and Facebook. You can do that kind of stuff a whole lot easier than grandparents have ever been able to do that. Just click and send a message. Just click and send an email. Lots of ways in which you can be involved in the spiritual growth of your grandkids. I actually read an article recently about a grandpa who he would keep a notebook for each of his nine grandchildren. And in that notebook, he had 44 areas of Christian character. Just 44 basic kinds of things. Things like how honesty always pays. How you need to control your tongue at all times. And what he does is in all those categories, he collects up various quotations, various clippings from the news. He'll, of course, wrap all of that around various Bible verses that will just reinforce those principles of character. And he's putting all of that together to create what he calls 
a spiritual scrapbook. So that he then, when his grandkids get old enough, he then presents that to them to help them in their development of godly character. I love that idea. I know some grandparents as well that do some other things. They do things like cousins camp. Some of you grandparents, you may do that. Do a cousins camp every Sunday where they get all the grandkids from every side of the family and they all come to grandma and grandpa's house for the week. And they do some fun stuff, do all kinds of fun stuff. They also make sure to set aside some time for some spiritual things. My grandparents did that with me and my brothers and with our cousins. We'd go to grandparents' house for the week in Glasgow and yes, we'd fish. We'd ride the tractor, and we'd play in the barn, and that was wonderful. But you know what? Every evening before we went to bed, we'd spend just a few minutes. It wasn't even like a big production or anything, but just a few minutes. Having a short Bible lesson, singing some hymns together, praying together for a few precious moments. I'll tell you, here I am, decades later, a couple decades removed from that. And that still has a strong impression upon me. That has a lasting effect on grandkids. That's important. It stresses to grandkids, hey, God and God's things, that's number one in love. Grandmas and granddads, I'm saying to you this evening, you need to remember Deuteronomy 4 verse 9. You need to take the truths and the values and the beliefs that that you hold near and dear, the things that you know to be true and to be right, and you need to be finding ways to transfer those things onto your grandchildren. You need to be like Lois. Remember in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5, talking about Timothy's grandma? Lois assisted in the spiritual development of Timothy. That young man became a preacher of the gospel. What a powerful role that you can play in the lives of your grandchildren. Maybe closely connected with that would be this second memory verse. Find with me the book of Amos now. In Amos chapter 3, Amos is one of those minor prophets tucked away all the way near the near the back of the Old Testament. In Amos chapter 3, this is a general principle that the Lord is setting forth here, but I do believe that we can make a special application of this principle to grandparenting. In Amos chapter 3, the Lord speaks through His prophet and He says, in Amos 3 and verse 3, He says, Do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? The Lord is talking here about the principle of two working together in the same direction. Grandma and Grandpa, what you need to remember here from Amos 3, 3 is the importance of working with the parents not working against the parents. What we need, and I'm speaking as a parent now, we need you to be an ally to us. We need you to be our friend, to be on the same team so that we can, in fact, work together. Yet even as I say that, you know and I know that what happens far too often is grandparents want to jump in and they just want to take over the whole deal. Or sometimes even worse, grandparents, they just want to counteract everything that mom and dad is trying to do. You know, sometimes parents have, parents have specific rules for their children. And sometimes grandparents, maybe by virtue of, of age and experience and some wisdom, they, they've come to realize that, you know what, those rules that mom and dad think are so, so important, ah, they're not really all that important. And so what grandma and grandma decide is, is they decide, well, we'll just, We have grandkids, we'll just do things our way. We're going to do it the way we want to do it because we just know better than the parents do. And of course, the next thing you know, what happens? What happens is is you've got civil war on your hands. You've got buttoning of heads all the time. There's power struggles back and forth between parents and grandparents. 
And that's certainly not to say or to imply that grandparents can't ever do a little bit of spoiling whenever the grandkids come over. But grandparents, can I say to you, when mom and dad have laid down some rules, some guidelines for their kids, those rules and those guidelines, they need to be honored and respected. If mom and dad say very clearly, I don't want the kids watching that program on television... Please don't go behind our back and whisper to our kids, you know what, when you come over to our house, we're going to watch that show anyway. Don't do that. All that does is that undermines the authority of the parents, the very authority that kids need to learn to respect and to obey. All that does is it just sets up a disobedience, it builds resentment, and it just creates all kinds of problems. What we want to do is we want to do Amos 3 verse 3. We want to be in agreement We want to work together. Grandma and Grandpa, you can help bear this heavy mantle, this burden of responsibility that is parenting by being an ally to parents, working with us, not working against us. And maybe what that means that you'll have to do is that may mean you just have to go to mom and dad and you just have to just say, hey, what can we do to assist here? What can we do to be a support? What can we do to be a help and not be a hindrance? We don't want to get in the way and cause problems. We want to help make things even better. We have the same desire that you have. We're on the same team here. You know, we want the same things for these children. You know, I realize that ideally what we, hopefully grandparents and parents alike, what we want for our kids is we want those kids to grow up to be faithful uh, uh, children of God. We want them to be faithful Christians. And I realize that sometimes moms and dads, they may not share that same particular goal. But you know what? At a bare minimum, moms and dads at least want their kids to grow up to be healthy, productive members of society, don't they? I don't know of any parents that just wants their kids to grow up to be just you know dirty scoundrels and rats and criminals. Nobody wants that. And so realizing that we're all on the same page, just ask mom and dad, hey, what can we do so that we can be agreed Together. You know, the truth of the matter is, many parents today are very, very uncertain about the world in which we live. Have a lot of fears about the things that are going on in our world, and we have those fears on behalf of our kids. There's so many threats to our children today. So many threats of a physical nature, so many threats of an emotional nature. Most importantly, there's many threats of a spiritual nature. And you know what? I'm speaking as a parent. It has a lot of us on edge here. Which is why it's so important that we not have all kinds of infighting and problems amongst our own. What we want is we want more allies. We want some people who will come along and help to calm those fears. We want some people who will encourage us. Some people who will pray for us. Some people who will hold up our hands and who will be there to work with us. Amos 3 verse 3, I believe, helps to remind grandparents that you can fill that much-needed role. Finally then this evening, give grandparents one more verse worth committing to memory. This time it's in the wisdom literature. Look in the book of Proverbs now. In Proverbs chapter 13, this is a wonderful verse that I think really sets before us the ultimate goal of grandparents. The wise man says in Proverbs chapter 13, I'm reading in verse 22. Proverbs 13 and verse 22, he says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. But the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Grandparents, let me ask you, what are you leaving for your grandkids? 
Now immediately what we start thinking about when we think about grandparents leaving things behind for their grandkids is we start thinking about things like, you know, who's going to get grandpa's knife? Who's going to get grandma's necklace? What about that, you know, beautiful dining room table that grandpa built with his own two hands? We start asking and thinking about all these, these physical possessions and physical items that maybe have some sentimental value to us or maybe even have some monetary value to them. But you know what? I'd like to believe that Solomon has in mind here something much grander, something much more lofty than this. Because what grandparents really want to leave is they want to leave a spiritual legacy that would be worth inheriting. Let me just ask you right now, Grandma and Granddad, what do you want your grandkids to remember about you when you're gone? I can tell you some of the things I remember about my grandparents. I remember Grandma sitting in the recliner reading her Bible every evening. I remember Grandpa being faithful in attendance all the way up to the very end when he was physically unable to even be out anymore. I remember Grandma, younger, teaching children's Bible classes and being so involved in that. I remember Grandpa just having a very staunch unwillingness to compromise on what he knew was right and what he knew the Bible taught. I just remember Grandma and Grandpa loving the Lord more than anything else, serving God together throughout all their years. You see, that's the kind of legacy that we're looking to leave. In Proverbs 13, verse 22, like so many of the Proverbs, it is so personal in its application. I can't read that verse without thinking about me. That verse is about me. It's about the choices that I make. It's about the things that I am doing to leave an impression on the people around me, particularly my grandkids, so that they will remember what mattered the most in my life. Grandparents, this verse is challenging you to leave a rich heritage of faithfulness to God, a rich heritage of love for the Lord and love for God's Word and love for God's people. Leaving an example that would actually be worth imitating and worth following. Leaving the kind of spiritual legacy that even once you're gone, a verse like Hebrews 11 verse 4 could be said about you. Do you remember what was said about righteous Abel? That he being dead, yet speaketh. Don't you want that to be said about you? Even years after you're gone, you're still speaking even from the grave because of the legacy that you left behind. I'll say again, you do not bear the responsibility of raising your grandchildren, but you do bear the responsibility of leaving them a spiritual legacy that's actually worth inheriting. Now, obviously, I'm not a grandparent. Yeah, I'd like to hope that one day I will get to be a grandparent. Right now, though, I'm still trying to figure out just how to be a parent. But you know what I can speak from as far as experience here? I can speak from the standpoint of having some really wonderful grandparents. And I can tell you from being on that side of the equation that having godly grandparents, that that can have an enormous and a lasting impact on the life, particularly the spiritual life, of a child. I hope, grandmas and granddads, you'll take those passages to heart. I hope you'll take very seriously the level of influence that you have, that you can have, on the lives of your grandchildren. And before I close out this evening, 
Can I say a quick word to all the grandkids in attendance? This would include young grandkids and even those of you that are older that still are privileged to have your grandmas and granddads still with you. Can I say to you grandkids, you need to appreciate your grandparents. In fact, you need to appreciate them even more. I was privileged to have my grandma with me for the first 29 years of my life. Privileged to have my grandpa with me for the first 30 years of my life. And I'm not complaining because some people, they don't even get that long with their grandparents. But I'll tell you, sure do wish they were here. So I'm saying to you grandkids, you need to love your grandparents. And you need to appreciate them. Appreciate them while you've still got them here. And if you've paid attention tonight and you've looked at these kinds of qualities and you've heard us talk about these kinds of things, and it's registered in your mind, you know what? My grandma, my granddad, yeah... They do that. That's what they're trying to be as grandparents. You thank God for that. You thank God for the blessing of grandparents. and Don't you ever take that for granted. Now as we get ready to sing the song of invitation, let me dwell on that last point once again. That idea of leaving behind a spiritual legacy, that's a wonderful idea, but I'll tell you this. You can't really do that. At least not leave a legacy that would be worth imitating and inheriting if you're not actually serving the Lord, you got to start, number one. And if there's anybody here this evening who is not a Christian, you've never started your walk with God, then tonight's the night to do that. To render your obedience. Submit your will to the will of the Father. Doing that this evening by confessing faith in Jesus Christ as Lord, repenting and turning from sin, and being baptized, being buried with the Lord in water so that your sins can be washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Can we help you to do that this evening, to get started? Brother or sister, it may be that you're not living faithfully. As a result, you're not leaving much of a legacy for your grandkids or for anybody else to follow after. You need to repent. You need to come back to the Lord. Serve Him wholeheartedly and faithfully so that you can know the joys and the blessings of being in a right relationship with God and having the hope of heaven as your home someday. If there's anybody here this evening who needs to respond to the call of the gospel, this is your moment and your time. Would you take advantage of that? Do it right now while we stand and while we sing.